for me, like one of the things that came out of that was just understanding and learning how to reframe everything that happens and, and, and understand how to be cognitively flexible and, and literally series by series uh, and, and really grasping momentum and what it does to your brain and how a team operates. And those things were, were massive for me. And, and, and I'm, I'm proud of that because it, it bore fruit through that season. I think we played and achieved probably higher than people thought we were going to in 2017 in New York. And, uh, and you know, so, so I, w- I would look back and say that would be the moment that I would say was the biggest thing I overcame was just the, the previous 13 years of my career and, and kind of the things I had gone through. Welcome to 90% Mental and the In and Out of the Pocket podcast series with all-pro quarterback Jake the Snake Plumber and mental performance coach Grant Parr, where the mental game is discussed and discovered by the best quarterbacks and offensive-minded professionals in the business. From overcoming adversity, celebrating mental wins, to actionable mental skill strategies, and more, you'll learn how to mentally navigate in and out of the pocket. Today in the pocket, Jake and Grant sit down with NFL quarterback Josh McCown, who shares the battle-tested mindset that has served him for the past 17 years. From adopting the next-man-up mindset to learning over 12 playbook systems and mentoring young quarterbacks, Josh provides a look into how he reframes his mistakes into powerful positives and how he stays motivated to be ready for any opportunity. ReadyList Sports is the future of sports playbooks with its digitized integration of multiple learning styles that helps coaches teach better and players learn more efficiently. Engineered by former professional quarterbacks, ReadyList Sports' revolutionary play drawing tool will save coaches countless hours creating plays. ReadyList Sports also provides the players accessibility to study their playbooks using the ReadyList Sports app for iOS and Android. It's like having the playbook in your pocket. The best part of ReadyList are the auto-generated tests the players take after studying that help ensure retention of your plays. Now let's all huddle up and go visit ReadyListSports.com. Welcome back to the In and Out of Pocket podcast with Jake Snake Plumber and myself, Grant Parr. And we are super excited to, to bring this show to you because Jake and I are just... Um, really enthusiastic about the mental game and with all the years that he played and I played in this position, you know, we're bringing on former and current quarterbacks, offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches and head coaches to talk about the mental game and to share their stories and their thoughts on how to prepare and do the right things in the moment. So really excited. And uh, before we kick off our, our guest today, I'll bring in my partner here, Jake, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Grant. Just uh, talking about mental uh, quarterbacking one thing, but to, in today's environment and what we're all going through as a country and just, just the craziness and change and everything going down, you know, it's, you got to maintain your mental focus. And, uh, you know, this podcast, hopefully will provide some of the listeners with, with different ways to approach it, or even just a little bit of a bump in your, uh, you know, in your confidence to know that, Hey, everybody goes through tough times. Even guys that play in the league for 18 years, like our guest today, who uh, I got the, the pleasure <laughs> of helping him cut his teeth as a rookie back in Arizona, 
uh, and then I didn't know he was going to go play for damn near two decades, but the kid's still doing it. He's still out there having fun, and we're going to dive into in and out of the pocket and get into the mental side of the game with none other than a good friend and a, and a great player and an awesome dad, Josh McCown. How you doing, Josh? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Right on, man. Well, hey, I, I got to start it off with because, you know, you, you've been through the – retirement thing a bunch are you are you finally done or what's the word man are you are you coming back are you just waiting to see or with with everything going yeah. on and, and decided yeah still still working through that um obviously uh i'm one year older and i've kind of retired once already so i was probably <laughs> closer to that than than not um you know had had the hamstring surgery eight weeks ago got it fixed just worried about getting that healthy right now and then um, and then we'll see what happens down the road. Uh, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where it's at is just kind of focusing on right now, which is not much in the cur- current state of things. Um, uh, yeah. given where, where we're at, so not doing too much and, uh, we're just hanging out and, um, excited to, to talk some, some QB play with you guys. And, uh, and it's a good time to, to listen to podcasts, good time to do podcasts. So, um, so yeah, that's about it for me right now. Awesome. Well, you know, with all the things that are happening right now with free agency, I was I was kind of hoping to see maybe you uh maybe in a Patriots uniform in the next year or so. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, you never know. Um, <laughs> at, at, at this rate, at, at this rate, my career, I could end up in any uniform. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, right now, yeah, I, I don't think I'd be joining anybody uh, anytime soon. Um, so I'm I'm gonna play it slow and see see how this all season plays out focus on you know coaching my boys up and helping out the high school um like i did last year and and uh and just doing those things and you know if something unfolds later we'll see but uh but my main focus is being here so so josh what what goes through your head i mean we were just before we went on recording you know you talked about the wife and the kids and stuff I mean, mindset of you is one thing, but how about the mindset of your wife, man? She's got to be pretty amazing to have you just kind of be home and then maybe go in and I'm gone and then I'm back and hey, I'm going again. So how do you manage that? And when you're going to make this final ultimate decision, you know, to maybe go play or maybe not, what what do you do? What's the process there? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, it's just a lot of conversations and, and talking through things. She's been awesome. Um, she's, you know, as you said, she's, she's, you know, a lot like a quarterback. She's got to be, uh, yeah. you know, mentally flexible to be able to in and out, you know, be in different situations and, and ride the highs and the lows. And, and so she kind of has that same mentality and, and, um, and she's been great. And, and the family's been great, you know, as far as being supportive and, and even when it went down last year, you know, during, I, you know, we were in the high school preseason training camp doing, you know, my focus was there and, and then uh, Nate Sutfeld, the backup in Philly, gets hurt, and they called me. And it was one of those things where the first answer was no. You know, I, I'm 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 coaching high school ball. I'm done. I've announced my retirement. And then my boys and even my wife, everybody's like, you know, these teams that you've played for, like this is a legitimate playoff team, you know, kind of contender uh, in Philly. And like this, this is so hard to turn down, you know. And so they were really supportive in that in that regard, as far as me being able to go and then feel good about going, you know. And uh, yeah. and so I think that's the that's the main thing I can say, you know, about her in general and then my family is just support that they've shown and uh, and had my back, you know, regardless of the circumstance. So 
as this process unfolds, I think she's like me. I think it's just taking time, and um, and it's just a different feeling. I, you know, played my first eight or nine years, and then was out of the league for a year, and then got back in. And the first few years getting back in, like this time of year, you're just hoping the phone rings. Oh man, who's calling? Talking to your agent? What's what's happening? And the longer you're in it, and it's kind of funny. We laugh now, like my agent calls, and, and I'm not rushing to the phone. It's like I'll get back to him and take our time <laughs> through this because. Because of, you know, the stages of life that we're in. You know, my boys are in high school, and that's my focus yeah. is, is making sure that they, you know, as they want to start out on this journey and, and, and play football and play quarterback, that they that they can put their best foot forward. And, and uh, at some point, you know, me, me enjoying this and chasing this got to end, and, and, and they got to be able to enjoy their time, and, and I want to enjoy it with them. You know, Josh, when I, when I think of your career, or even when I hear your name, uh, the next man up comes up, and, and I'm – I love the topic, Next Man Up. Not only did I write a book about it, but you played for over 12 teams throughout your career. So when you think about starting and stopping and starting and stopping, like what fueled your mindset to get ready for that moment, for every call? Yeah, I think ultimately it's, it's the, you know, as a, as a backup quarterback, it's kind of the, the fight or flight mentality. And it's, it's just always run to the fight, you know, and just you got to be ready to roll. And I think, a lot of times as a starter, you, you can process things throughout the week and, and you're getting all the reps and, you know, you're getting ready to go. But once, you know, when you're in a backup mode, you don't know when it's going to come, but it, but it happens and now you're in and you got to roll and you don't have time to kind of, uh, you know, process through everything. You you, you, you have had to do, done that throughout the week. Hopefully you're helping the starter prepare and, and that gets you ready as well. But when, when that when that happens in, in game, you got to be ready to roll and, and you got you to gotta go in uh, you know, with confidence that you can go get the job done and, and help your team. And and, uh, and so that's really, I think, the mentality that you, you, you have to carry. And that's what I've tried to carry throughout, you know, my career. And uh, thankfully, that, that rookie year, I didn't have to worry about that too much. My guy, Snake, had it covered. And and, uh, and I wasn't, you know, and I'm, uh, like I say that, but I'm so thankful I didn't have to play. Uh, because, you know, I, I look back then and I even, you know, I think part of those first few years is, like, I didn't even know what to ask. Jake when I was playing you know back then like I didn't know like the things the things I didn't know you know what I mean and I think that's part of a young quarterback's journey but um but yeah I would say the the biggest thing is just uh is just attacking that opportunity and and going you know with no hesitation and just running to the fight and be ready to go um and and that next man up mentality of just like I, it's it's my time I got to go my guys are depending on me and and not you know not showing any nervousness or shakiness but just getting in there and getting it done what was the most like memorable next man up experience? I mean, when you when, what was the moment in your career where you're like, man, this is, I was completely prepared. I showed up and and everything just thrived based off your preparation. Oh wow, uh, I, I think for me, I guess the second half of my career uh, in in 2013, a little bit like I got back in the league with the Bears in in 11 and 12. And, and played a little bit in 11 towards the end of the season. Um, but I think in 13, uh, Mark Tresman had, had come to Chicago and, and brought a different offense. And and um, and per the CBA, you know, we, you could only so many hours at the facility. So we were having to meet a lot away from the facility. And I was helping Jay Cutler kind of organize some of those meetings with guys and, and learning offense and teaching the offense. And I can just remember feeling like even going through training camp and all the way up to whatever week it was where Jay Jay got the injury when we were in Washington uh, and playing against the Redskins. And, and I came in and I just felt 
like more prepared than I'd ever felt, you know, for that moment. And I remember, remember thinking even after the game and, and we fought them right to the end and, and, you know, I think lost on the last second drive by them, but you know, I'm going to, you know, move the football through a couple of touchdowns or whatever. And I felt like, golly, like looking back at through the off season and even helping Jay throughout the season, prepare week in and week out, like how coach Tressman saw football, what I was able to do working with the other guys, like that was it for me. Like that, that was what solidified, like, this is my learning style. This is what's needed for me to play productive football. And everybody's different. And some guys can glance at a playbook and they got it. Boom. They're, they, they got it nailed. Other guys have to go through walkthroughs and this, that, and that. Like I, I probably need to go through walkthroughs, teach it. You know, I wish I was as smart as some of these other guys, but I'm not. And I think for me, that moment um, in 2013 helped me and kind of was, was the moment I think you're, you know, that you're asking me about. I think that was for me. I look back on and go like, that's what I learned the most about myself, especially as a backup quarterback. So that that's great stuff, Josh. You know, when you learn really how, how, how to get it done. And I know, there's a there's a fine line to to balance and walk on starter to, to to backup and you know how that works I mean you know better than anybody just being either the backup or the starter and how you manage that situation but when you get the call like you got when when uh, Jay went down like as that guy that you've been on twelve different teams how important is it when you get to that team and really how hard is it for you to make those connections that really help your teammates buy into who you are. And Hey, if something happens to Jay, we know Josh has got it, you know, but how, how do you manage that? How have you tried to uh, orchestrate that as you've gone to a new team and, and all of a sudden had to create those bonds of respect that you know, you have to have when that ball now is put in your hand. I think the, the main thing you could do is serve, serve your teammates. So for me, that's what I mean. Like we were all kind of, there's a new offense. And, and unfortunately that's been the case for me. Like every off season, it's a new offense. I've had 17 coordinators. So it's, it's serving your team. And I think just how you do that is, is those guys that are fighting, especially when you're a backup quarterback and you know, you're going to play with those guys in the preseason, those guys that are fighting to make a roster spot. And, uh, and I think when you can go in there and you can help those guys try to uh, further their careers, and genuinely help them and, and want to see the best in them, uh, I think that's, that, that uh, goes a long way with, with the guys around you as far as letting them understand that you care about them and, uh, and that you want the best for them. And, and like, like I said earlier, in turn, I think for me that was – I was doing that and I was, I was building a relationship with my teammates and hopefully gaining that respect that way. But also it was affecting my performance on the field because – as I was teaching, I was learning the information better, and it was allowing me to play and process the position better uh, from the pocket. And so, um, so it was kind of holistic in that regard. And and for me, really, I think um, would be like the way that I would look at, like you know, and and try to tell a young quarterback to to kind of go about it because it can help you in so many areas. But I think that that's what I felt like looking back, and and even you know some of the conversations I have with different guys you know, over time of just, Hey man, I was a young receiver at this place, or I was a young, you know, running back at this place. And, and I appreciate you helping me do this. And, and like, you don't think of it at the time, uh, but the different yeah. you know kind of connections that you make, and I think that goes, that goes a long way to kind of hopefully earning trust. You still got to go out there and perform and you got to perform, especially in an off season through OTAs through preseason. And you're not going to get very many opportunities as a backup to kind of prove yourself. And so, um, so hopefully those other moments, those other touch points, you get a chance to really earn their respect that way. And then if, if God forbid something does happen to the starter, you're able to step in there. You know you have those guys behind you 
rooting for you, pushing for you, and, and again, pushing you and, and helping you uh, go into that thing with confidence so you can get the job done. That's a huge, huge thing to have, man, especially when the ball now is in your hands. But here, here's a question that came off of Twitter that I have to follow up with because, uh, you know, as you just described, trying to earn their trust and respect as your as the backup or maybe the starter that could be. A guy uh, at or, or a person at Polar underscore Bear 007 has a question saying, how has dealing with multiple personalities on the team helped you outside of football? Pretty good question. Wow, that's yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it just it just helps you deal with people um, in general and um, just understanding uh, just as humans, you, we're, we're unique and we're all different, and um, and you you have different uh, guys from all different walks of life, and that's a beautiful thing about team sports is the team, you know, kind of unifies us and we all kind of forget, you know, all those different things and we go together for one common goal. And, and so I think that's I, more than anything probably helped me is when you're dealing with people outside, if you can find common ground with somebody, find common ground, you know, that's something that you can work toward. It usually makes a relationship better. And, uh, and team sports have done that. And, and, and certainly dealing with personalities on a team has done that because, you know, you know, and, and you can say, you know, the same thing, Jake, you deal with all kinds and, and guys that, you know, from, especially when you're talking about receivers and, and different groups where guys have personalities and have strong personalities. And then you, you throw uh, a lot of money, you know, in, in, into the mix and, and, uh, and you start to learn, you know, who people really are. So I think finding common ground is huge. I think that's what it showed me the most. Hey, Josh, you talked about, like all the systems that you had to play in, I think over 17 of them. Uh, Jake and I both know how hard it is to learn a full-on playbook. You've had to learn multiple systems. And, and, and my question is, like, what, what, is your, what was your process in learning all the plays, all the new dialogue every year? And it brings me back to a video that I saw Case Keenum, I think when he was on the, the Rams, his wife was like testing him um, the playbook. And because, you know, these playbooks are, are hard, right? So, like, yeah. what was your process every year to learn the new terminology and just the playbook in general? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I've done it, it, I've done that with Case. It, you know, except fortunately, I have kids old enough that my wife's partaking in that. My daughter has done that. My boys have done They've read off plays to me, and I've, <laughs> you know, had to repeat them back. I think, you know, you get into especially the West Coast verb, as Jake will tell you, you guys know, like some of these calls get wordy. And, uh, and that was my biggest thing is wanting to be able to step in the huddle and be able to spit them out. Yeah. And so part of my process was just writing them over and over and over again. So that, uh, so that, you know, once the coach was kind of halfway done with the formation, I could fill in the rest of the play because I had had it memorized. And, and again, some dudes, I play with guys that like, they, they have, they don't need to do that. Like they hear it one time and they can repeat it. And it's just, it's like a beautiful mind. You're like, Whoa, man, that's, that's incredible. I'm not that guy. And I think that's the biggest for me. One of the biggest things I try to tell young players is knowing yourself, like knowing your learning style and what you, what it's going to take for you to be a pro uh, because a lot of times we get caught up with looking to the right or the left of us and going, well, what is that guy's process like? And he just rolls out of bed and he's got it. And that's like, well, man, that might not be you. And sometimes, a lot of times it's too late. Once you find out, it's too late. For me, writing them down was huge. Um, saying them in a voice recorder, you know, like recording them on my phone and playing them back to me if I didn't have a family member around uh, was also was also big. And then drawing them, you know, like just drawing these plays over and over again, wanting to know where 
every guy is on the play and, and understanding their splits. Um, I'll never forget. I got, I was in, I was in Miami for just a little bit and we traded when Favre came out of retirement and they, they released Pennington. Then that bumped me out of Miami and, and Chad came down to the dolphins and Chad, the first night he was there, he got all the guys in the room and he, and he was going over splits and everything in the playbook. I'm like, how does this guy know all this stuff? Now he's a Rose scholar and super smart guy, like, like, uh, Jake Plummer. And, and, uh, and <laughs> so, 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 so I'm like, but, but what it showed me in that moment was like, like this dude owns, he owns the playbook and he owns like how it's going to go for him out there. He's not going to rely on some coach to make sure that he's told the receiver or this, he's gonna, he's got everybody in here and he's gonna make sure these guys know what they're doing. And so, so I think that was one of the moments for me where I really learned a lot about like how to study, how to process things and, and how to bring others into your process. But, but writing them over and over again, for me, I would say would be the number one thing as far as being able to memorize and learn plays. Yeah, it's definitely a, a pain point. It's just a time consuming measure. And, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've showed you what we got going. We're trying to crack into that, that arena with a, a better way to study a playbook and all, and hopefully it gets there. But in the meantime, man, it just takes a lot of diligence, a lot of discipline, and, uh, you know, all good traits to have once you're done playing ball. You know, for me, I think about you having brothers, right? you got two brothers. Yeah. And I have two brothers. So I want to ask you a question because I know you're competitive as hell. We've watched you. We see I know you from the first time you got on the field there as an NFL player. And you're still wanting to compete, I'm sure. So did how competitive were you guys growing up? And are you still competitive? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I'm living in North Carolina. They're they're both back in Texas. So we don't get to kind of allow that to uh, play out as much. But when we're together in the summertime, it doesn't take, it's, you know, probably half a day and we're figuring out something to compete at, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah it, intensely, intensely competitive growing up. I mean, and really no kind of like, okay, if we're playing hoops in the yard or playing, baseball or wiffle ball or whatever football and, and like nothing ever ended like with the score it ended in a fight like every 100 percent of the time like it was like all right well if i didn't beat you on the scoreboard <laughs> let's just knuckle up and go at it and you know what i mean and so it is typically the loser was so he was so pissed that he was like all right let's go like let's just fight and um and so yeah <laughs> extremely competitive um from the get-go and i think just you know I think junkies for it. You know what I mean? Like you just, you, you want to like every day, just like, well, what, what can we compete at? What can we, you know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to skip this rock across the lake farther than you are, you know, just whatever it is. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. How about, having brothers, you know, push us in that. How about like now, is there, is there, or, or through the, through the history, tell me what, what, what's the one game, you know, maybe it's ping pong or horseshoes or what's the one game you guys played that, that you dominated and you still dominate and your brothers are still like, (laughs) damn it. I can't beat Josh in this. (laughs) Dude, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, like we, we played a lot of basketball in the front yard. And so like, I mean, like we'll we'll barely be in town and and my older brother be like, let's play horse. Let's go, man. And, and, (laughs) uh, and he was probably a little bit better shooter. So I'm always like, you know, I gotta, I gotta beat him in horse. Um, you know, or it, so it's usually, it usually is around hoops. Like if we play one-on-one, you know, when it gets to that, like, I think at this point, I'm probably beating them more than they're beating me. 
Um, but, but again, th- this segment wouldn't be worth it if I said that they would just, they would just give me that they would tell, you no. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. I mean, they compete as well, but, I, but I definitely think it would be hoops. Um, that would be the thing that we would, we would fight over the most, um, for sure. But, it, mm-hmm. but like, even now, like, it's funny, it's funny you say that, like with my boys, like we got a ping, we're all quarantined right now. We got a ping pong table upstairs and we play two hours of ping pong mm-hmm. every night now or every day. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. it's just like. We want to yeah. we want to compete at something, you know. And so I'm always <laughs> like, hey, who wants who wants to play some ping pong, you know? So, um, so I think yeah, it's it's good for you, and it's good it's good to it's good to compete and, and to and to try and to and to get after it and try to win something. I think that that's good for you, and and it's fun, and and uh, certainly for me and my brothers, it was it was a daily thing growing up. Dude, you're getting your kids, you're giving your kids like a chance to heighten their hand-eye coordination and their skill sets by just playing ping pong. You're a good dad, man. Good coach, good dad. That's what you got to do, man. I love it. Well, it's just entertaining for me, but hopefully it helps them. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, before we get into some of these like out-of-the-pocket questions, and uh, Jake's got a few of them. I know they're, they're really good. Uh, but I want to ask one serious question before we go there. When you reflect on your whole career – like, can you share a specific time your your biggest mental fail, and how did you overcome it? Oh, wow, that's a that's a great question. Um, biggest mental fail, shoot. I mean, you do know, like, I played in Cleveland, Oakland, Tampa. <laughs> I played in some spots. Started out in Arizona. Right? Arizona. <laughs> there was a lot of. Uh, there was a lot of, the, the, you know, we were three and thirteen in Detroit. I mean, um, God, you know, my my, I think, and that's the nature, been the nature of my career is kind of going into places where it was startups, it was a rebuild or whatever, and um, and so I don't know necessarily if there if there's one moment as much as I remember starting to kind of do three years ago when I went to the Jets and kind of starting to do some, some brain work um, with a guy just over the fact of like, I've been in these startup situations and, uh, and kind of the low expectation situation. And that was the case going into, to uh, the Jets in 2017, you know, it was kind of this, you know, everybody, the the narrative was that the team was tanking that we weren't going to win any games or weren't going to compete or whatever. And, you know, we we started off three and two, and and uh, and you know we were fighting out there prior to that season. Going into that, one of my not to put it on one moment, but feeling like given you know all those things I just said, a lot of startup situations or whatever, and just trying to fight it out and get a team to compete when they're rebuilding or whatever, and you know a, you know set aside Chicago, but that that was really you know where Chicago I had a winning record playing in a good organization. But other than that, like just all these rebuilds, like not winning. And so mentally, just like the whole thing feeling like a failure, like, geez, man, like, man, you just can't win. You just can't win. And going into the Jets and and really kind of getting with someone to kind of get concerned about my mental health and go, okay, what's the best thing for my brain right now? And how can I understand and learn how to reframe things so that when I get into these games, I don't feel like it's like this here we go again moment. You know, where we're like, I, I feel like I'm back in Cleveland. or I feel like I'm, I'm back in Tampa or, you know, I'm back in this situation where, you know, it's just, it's too hard and we can't win. And, and, you know, our roster is just not built, built, you know, to, 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 you know, really achieve right now. And, uh, 
And, um, and so for me, like one of the things that came out of that was just understanding and learning how to reframe everything that happens and, and, and understand how to be cognitively flexible and, and literally series by series uh, and, and really grasping momentum and what it does for your brain and how a team operates. And those things were more massive for me. And, and, and I'm, I'm proud of that because it, it bore fruit through that season. We, I think we played and achieved probably higher than people thought we were going to in 2017 in New York. And, uh, and you know, so, so I, I would look back and say, that would be the moment that I would say was the biggest thing I overcame was just the, the previous 13 years of my career and, and kind of the things I had gone through. I, I love it, man. Cause I teach this all day when I'm working with athletes on the, on the mental side is reframing. And I always say, you know, reframe it and rename it. And if you don't have a different perspective with a loss, with uh, a misexpectation or a failure, however you you know deem what a failure is, man, if you can't reframe it in the moment, man, you become in the effect of it, and it, it stops you. It's hard to be present. So the fact that you 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 came to a to a, a situation where you can actually reframe it in the moment, man, that's huge, man. It's awesome. Yeah, that, no, you're, you're right speaking the language right there. That, that's it. That is the key is finding a way to reframe. I mean, we're talking about Tom Brady and going to Tampa. I think he's mastered it better than anybody. I think we've got some guys that have done that really well. But I think Tom, better than anybody, is able to reframe every moment, not get caught up, and literally can live play by play and, and, and play each play as, it, as his own entity and not get too caught up in everything. And I think the guys that can do that can, can play at a high, high level. And, and, uh, and so, um, so I encourage guys to, uh, it's good that you're talking to quarterbacks that way and, and in that language, because it, it re it's really what hit my brain and impacted me the most. It's a great point. You guys, there's a, a Twitter question from Grant, us MC Grant, a guy named Grant Gibbon asks something similar to this. How do QBs rinse their brains after an interception or pick six, especially if it was a really bad decision or throw? You guys kind of answered that. You got to just reframe it and rename it, I guess, right? Move on. How did you handle that, Josh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think I think it's too, and it's you learn something, right? And and, uh, and so it's just uh, it's just in your mind going, okay, I learned I can't throw at that corner, <laughs> or instead of going, man, that was a terrible throw, or whatever. It's it's hey, man, I I you know. I I may have missed that throw, but the next one I'm gonna I'm, that means I'm gonna make the next one. Or hey man, that that corner is more you know is better. The right corner is better than the left corner. I'm not, I'm not gonna go with the right corner anymore. Like you know, just a way to, to allow your brain to receive it as opposed to just like man, that was a terrible throw. Because 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 if you if your brain if you psychologically take in like that was a terrible throw, then the next logical step is that you're not playing well. You're not throwing any balls accurate. And, you know, and as, as you guys can attest to, you know how it is, you practice or a game, it's never as good as you think, never as bad as you think. And I think it's always never as bad as you think. And you can, and, but we, but our brains focus on the negative so much. So if you let a negative thing in, it's going to focus on that. So, so it's so important just to, just even how you talk about it and even how you talk about it on the sideline, it's not to, it's not to, you know, push off or not own, you know, what you did. Uh, because I think there's a way to do that, but it's also to the same point, not to beat yourself up to the, to, to where it drags into the next play. And I think that's what reframing is. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the key is just how you talk about it and even how you talk about it with receivers and how you talk about it in the media as well. Uh, that's a really nice way to put it, man. You know, 
that's part of the mental game, which QB is all really a lot of mental mental side of uh, adapting and adjusting and getting through things. And if I may, Grant, I want to read a, a little quote that I wrote down on my board that I look at a lot before I get into some out-of-the-pocket questions and we close this thing out. But this is from the Bhada Karat Suda, which is pre-Buddha, and Buddha kind of adopted this, this, some of these quotes. Uh, this quote really runs through is exactly what we're talking about. It's, do not pursue the past. Do not lose yourself in the future. The past no longer is. The future has yet to come. Looking deeply at life as it is in the very here and now, the practitioner quarterback dwells in stability and freedom. Mm, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of putting you in the here and now. Let it go because there's nothing you can do. I was accused of having like Alzheimer's on the field a few times by guys I played with because I'd throw two picks, go back, get the ball, driving down for the winning score like nothing ever happened. So let it go, man. Let those things go and move on, right? I was going to say that, like, and especially as a young player, getting to see that, you know, from the sideline with you. And I do, I think about guys like that. And I go, man, those guys, and, and I envy that in guys, you know, just kind of like, man, that, that ability to just to, to, to let it go and, and move on. And I think it's a, it's a powerful thing. And, and, and I love that quote. And just to be able to be present and every, like, like I was talking about with Tom Brady, like every play, just a slice of, you know, you know, 64 plays, 68 plays in the game, whatever, just 68 slices of time that you exist in and, and just at, at its own individual. And, uh, and I think that's cool. And, um, you know, it, it, it's what we're all chasing. And, and so as young players and even in life, if you can find a way to do that, I think, I think everything gets better. You become a better quarterback. You become a better person. You, you, you value relationships better because you're, you're present in the moment. For sure, man. You know, the media needs to adopt that quote because I'd forget about the bad throw. And then after the game, they'd come remind me. It's, oh, damn, I forgot about that. You guys reminded me. So let's get out of the pocket right now, man. I know, Grant, Grant I know you got a question to ask. Yeah. So uh, maybe you can start us out with the out of the pocket, and then I'll follow up with some quick, real quick answer ones you can give us, Josh, and then we'll be done. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, I'm going to be that guy, and I don't know if this has ever happened, dude, but I'm going to be probably the first. I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable here, but it's it's a hair question. <laughs> you know, I, I literally, <laughs> I, I'll give you some context here, that I literally brought, brought out my phone, I was at the barbershop, and said, can you make my hair look like this? And I, I think, I don't know what it is, man, you, you got some <laughs> really healthy hair, man, and I got to know. <laughs> the question is... What, what, what kind Josh of product? McCown cut, please. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of products do you use? Man, um, it, it's it's uh, I mean, it's just like a like a dry like a pomade with a matte finish, so it doesn't look greasy. I mean, it's it's, it's really it's really pretty simple. It's just getting it. You know, I got crazy straight hair, so it's getting it to go the right way once I get out of the shower, and then kind of just letting it dry, and I throw some pomade, and I'm good. So it's kind of this process, and, and I'll. I'll blow I'll blow dry it if I'm in a hurry, and uh, you know I, like I used to be like kind of when you're young in your career and it's you know throughout your career it's like you you don't want guys to see you caring about your hair and that, that just feels like we're all supposed to be so rich that we don't care how we look and all that stuff and then uh, this year like the guys would laugh at me at the Eagles I'd be in the, you'd be blowing drying my hair and they'll give me crap about it but uh, you know like. It's, you know, it's accentuating the positives, man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you know, if I got much going for me other than my hair, so I'm going I'm to make it work. There you go. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, 
in and out of the pocket and into the salon. I love it. We're going all kinds of places with this thing. I'm going to roll out here with a couple good ones. We got uh, uh, a guy at RT underscore sports says, do a lot of QBs end up using audible cadences at home? For example, like to the kids, go help your mom. Go help your mom, said Hut. Or check, check, brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Set hut. Have you ever gone into that mode at home? Oh, so, yes. Kind of like, it's always an example for me because I'll be talking and then my voice will raise. And then one of them will say, stop yelling at me. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Let's just get this clear because I've played, I've played on the road at the Superdome. I've played in different places. It, when it's loud, like like yelling, this is what yelling is. And I'll do it. And I'll do it. Kate, or, or, you know. And then their eyes get like saucers and they're like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, that's yelling. I said, so this is not yelling. That's just me parenting. Yeah, you know, trying to talk to you right now. If you want me to yell, I'll yell. But everybody will know it. The neighbors will know it if I'm yelling. So, yeah. (laughs) That's a good one, dude. I love it. All right. Now, these are quick, just quick answers, one or the other. Do you you, uh, prefer yoga or CrossFit? Yoga. Tofu or T-bone steak? T-bone. Of course, you're from Texas, man. Tortilla <laughs> chips. That's right. Or kale chips. Oh, oh, tortilla chips, also from Texas. <laughs> so those are kind of rigged questions on your part. I figured, I thought, maybe I'm going to see if Josh is going down the healthy kick that all these other, like, a lot of you know, guys going away from uh, more, less meat, more plant-based, but I see you're sticking to your roots, man. I love to hear it after all these years. You're still pretty much the same kid I met back in 02 back in Arizona, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you on the podcast. Thanks for get, joining us today, man. It's been a pleasure. Oh, I enjoyed it, man. This is a lot of fun. And, and yeah, I, I'll dip into the healthy world every now and then, but I'll, I, I don't know if I'll ever stop eating T-bone. But I'm enjoying yoga for sure. <laughs> You're doing something right, man. 18 years and still going. So keep it up, Josh. Totally. We will. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.